do, 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 do. Well, let's see if this works. Um, that's the first time that's happened. I got kicked off. I got kicked off, but I'm back. Apparently, I'm unstoppable. Uh, it's possible that this will help me connect with Greg Gutfeld. And I swear to God, this is going to work. Um, well, maybe not. Anyway, um, we did the simultaneous sip right before I got kicked off. If we have any technological luck, and it looks like we're going to have some difficulty day, today, um, I wanted to talk to Greg Guffeld, but if I don't do it today, I'll figure out another, another time it works. So, Greg, if you can either retry your device or... Well, I think today will be the last time I ever try to use Periscope for a guest. <laughs> I think I've made a decision that today will be the last time I ever try to use this technology live to bring out a guest. It, those of you who watch, I think my, my accuracy has been something like 50%, maybe. Uh, let me just try one more time. All right. So, Greg, I've got my DM. I'm looking at my uh, Twitter DM. If uh, if it looks like it's not going to work, just send me a message on Twitter. I've got that open, and I'll see it as soon as you send it. But let me talk about some other things while we're doing that. And by the way, the plus, you should see the reviews for this thing. It's killing. It's a, it's a number one self-help book on Amazon. It's a number two self-help book on New York Times. The reviews are ridiculous. you got to... Got a Trump, uh, got a Trump retweet. That's pretty nice, and uh, and I think he has a uh, part of his book tour will be at a drive-in theater. We'll ask him about that if we get him. Anyway, um, while we see if that's going to happen, let me talk about another thing. Have you ever have you ever noticed that there are some words that are used in the political realm that are really more powerful than other words. And there's a word that the anti-Trumpers are using about Trump and his, and his performance for the uh, coronavirus, which is really, it's a really good one. They use the word botched. Have you heard that? It's, it's sort of the one that they keep repeating. And I got to say, I think I'm going to adopt that trick because I never, I never thought about it before. But if you say somebody didn't do a good job, they might say, well, we did or, or we didn't. But if you say somebody botched something, it seems entirely different, doesn't it? Hey, I think Greg's back. Let's see if this works. Greg, you are live. Amazing. Palpitations. Because the technology was not giving you what you needed. Yes, and plus, I was on my fourth uh, uh, spontaneous sip, or uh, I, I had my, f I'm on my fourth coffee. You've so, oversipped. You've yes. oversipped. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if, if you heard, but I was giving you the giving them the rundown on your amazing book. Oh, uh, thank plus, you. And I, I'm I'm just blown away at the both the reviews you're getting from this, and uh, you got a presidential retweet. It's screaming up the charts. Number two on New York Times. And by the way, the number one book that's ahead of you, mm -hmm. it doesn't belong there. Doesn't belong there. <laughs> I've never heard of it, but apparently it's very popular, but they keep it there because it was there for months. It's, it came out in October 2019. Yeah, the New York Times list has some, might have some, let's say, algorithmic irregularities, if you will. Uh, anyway, uh, are you still there? Oh, shit, we lost him. This is the worst technology in the world. All right, well, I'll keep an eye on and see if he comes back. Um, I think I think we we deserve at least one more try. If your technology can can produce, it is possible that the gods are working against us today. All right, uh, so I was, I was there. He is. This is totally going to work. This is totally going to work. All right. Let, let, let me jump right into this. Sure. Okay? Yes. I, yeah. I, 
I, I want to ask you the the dumbest question that a, anybody ever asked because this is this is one I get sometimes. I want to see if you've ever gotten this. At the end of the book interview, they'll say to the author, uh, "So, Greg, uh, where can people buy this book?" <laughs> <laughs> that is the that is the local news staple of every interview. Um, also, I had I had a great interview, and I'm not going to mention who the person is because she was very nice, but did that thing you talk about where they don't read the book, but they just kind of open up the book, and, <laughs> was, they just, and they just go like, uh, so, and they, she reads the chapter heading. So, yeah. the, pris- the prison of two ideas. I found that interesting. Tell us <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. <laughs> and then you just do it, and it's just like, and then she did it again, and then she was like, well, this was really a great book, and then that was, and then it's, where can you pick it up? And, uh, it's, it's wonderful. Yeah, and, and you you write in a similar uh, fashion. You have the same problem I do. That, that a lot of authors will write a book that has one theme, so you can mm-hmm. always speak to it. But, yeah. but you hit, you hit like hundreds and hundreds of points. If they pick one out, <laughs> n- not only does it misrepresent what your book is, yeah, because right? people think, oh, I heard that one story. About that one point, and I, you know, and then they make a decision based on that one point. I would say that you have the kind of book that has to be read in full because it's more like an experience of reading the book than it is about, you know. All right, so wait, can I tell you a funny thing though about it though? Please, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have a hard time explaining what the book is about, and I've always been that way with almost every book that I do because I was so close to it. So when I when I get interviewed by people. They often do it better than I did. Like Walter Kern uh, interviewed me and described it as it's a book about impulse control. And I never thought of that. But the, the, but the actual plus thing is, is for people who have options and they, and, they, and they forgot what impulse control really is. Oh, frick. We lost him again. Can you believe that? <laughs> Unfreaking believable. Now I don't know what is causing these calls to drop, but it is it is crazy. I'm not even sure why this is a commercial product at this point, or at least this feature of it. I like the Periscope part, but not the uh, the guest part. Let's see if he's back. There we go. Just, act, act like you weren't even cut off, and you're starting right in the middle of the sentence. Go. And that is why they threw me in jail, Scott. And I <laughs> swore it was all in self-defense. And I found my pants an hour later. But that wasn't, was that a great story, Scott? <laughs> it, it was uh, not only self-defense, but he had it coming. And yes. <laughs> uh, that's what happens when you have a relationship with a duck. Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, so uh, you're you're saying how other people are characterizing your book. I I had one for you. Mm-hmm. It's it's how to uh, how to deal with your reflex for negativity. Yes, that is really good. Uh, it's basically, a lot of reframing. Well, this is the negative thing you're doing. You know, why don't, why don't you reframe it this way, etc. Uh, let me let me tell you my uh, my favorite part of this. Uh, the, every once in a while, you read like one sentence. It just, mm-hmm. just sort of really speaks to you. This was one sentence. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Yeah. But it said, uh, no, no matter, uh, <laughs> uh, before you do something dumb, ask yourself how you were feeling. Yes. It, it, yeah, just, just say something <laughs> about that. Well, it's because I realize, and it's been in the last couple of years, especially when I'm listening to the, uh, your periscopes, that almost everything I do is judged by my current state or mood. So like if I'm in a bad mood, I don't really know I'm in a bad mood. And then I do something and I go, why did I do that? I was in a bad mood. So I might say something negative to a friend or to the spouse or uh, on Twitter. And it's like, why am I doing this? And then so I, I, so I, I wait, I wait until the mood passes. And then I never, and then I lose interest in what I was going to do. I, I feel like to that point, I feel like the people with the highest levels of awareness are the ones who have realized that they have been different people at different times. Yeah. Like, like angry you, drunk you, tired you, hungry right. you. They're all different yous. And if you've done, you know, mushrooms or something, that's like a whole different you. <laughs> yes. And, then, and, 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 yeah, that's, that's one of the great things you learn as you get older, how many yous there really are. The hungry you, the hungry you is often the worst you because you become like a child, especially I do. If I yeah. don't have anything to eat, 
I am uh, I'm just a, an animal, and I'm I'm the worst kind of Greg. Is that is the hungry Greg? <laughs> yeah, li- listening to somebody else's long, boring story is the worst <laughs> thing when you are hungry. Hungry, yes. It's like two things you don't want to do: don't don't buy groceries, don't listen to the long stories. <laughs> it's true. So, um, I also like this tip: you know, no matter how you're doing, someone is doing worse today. And yes. As, as funny as that sounds, that's a real thing. It like is. I, I really use that. Can you say more about that? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's um, for example, so two trees fell uh, outside my house uh, yesterday or two days ago. Just two days ago? Two days ago because of the storm. So I couldn't leave. In order for me to leave my house, I had to, tr- I had to go through somebody's backyard, two backyards over uh, down power lines to get down to a van to do the five because the five couldn't get up the hill. Uh, the, the five van couldn't get up the hill. I'm doing all the shows from a van in my driveway. So I get down there and I'm going like, oh, this sucks. This, I'm screwed. But then I'm looking at my neighbor. A giant tree has landed on her um, Tesla, completely destroyed her <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> and, uh, and she's laughing. She's actually got a pretty good uh, sense of humor. And, I'm, and she's going, I, she said to herself, I was almost in my car. And so I'm going back to this, and I'm going like, okay, that's worse than what I went through, and it could have been worse. And it could have been worse for her. So there's all these different levels of worseness, <laughs> right? There, there's there's somebody in, in Africa right now who's saying a tree fell on her Tesla. I do yeah. not feel bad for her. I do. Yeah, not exactly. Feel bad for her. Yeah, I do not feel bad. But I mean, she, but she she looked at the card. She said a hundred dollar deductible. You know, life goes on. So that was. I mean, it's like I tend to. I'm a catastrophic thinker about. I mean, everything. And but I realize it's passing. And that's the most important thing that almost all my errors are due to the fact that I can't interpret my moods correctly. You know? <laughs> I, I would say that's the same for me. Um, <laughs> now, you, you have a, a uh, an event at a drive in theater coming. Yes. Which is which is the coolest sounding thing. I'm so jealous of that because if anybody who does book tours knows there's a sameness about them. Yeah. It's just the same freaking thing over and over again. But tell us about the drive-in. So the drive-in is Yar- it's Yarmouth Drive-In in Massachusetts. They're going to have, because of social distancing, basically the cars are going to keep people separated. But they can get out of their cars. And I think it's like 450 cars. I will be on stage. There will be movie screens and speakers. So I'll just be doing a show like I normally do when I'm traveling with Tom Shalou. Tom Shalou usually opens. The one thing that concerns me is how do you tell jokes if you can't hear the response, but I'm told people will be out of their car. So you'll hear the laughter, which will be important because I don't know how you talk. And then there's just silence, but they're, apparently it's worked out really well, but that's <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be like, it's going to be basically a drive-in comedy show. Yeah. I, I've had situations where like that, where you just have to like live in your own head and imagine laughter. It's like, imagine mm-hmm. somebody was laughing at that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> so, so are you finding that trying to uh, to you know promote a book during a pandemic did it help or hurt? Because there's there's something. I mean, the book is obviously getting lots of attention and and doing great. And I feel like because you're a you're a TV kind of a guy anyway, did this actually help you? Do you think? I think so. I think it's the same kind of logic that worked with COVID in the protests when they did. They said, "Oh, look, the protests." didn't spread COVID, and then you hear that it's because all the people were staying home away from the protesters. <laughs> so it's like there's a weird kind of – they cancel each other out. So everybody's stuck, at, everybody's stuck at home, which means they're bored, which means maybe they'll buy the book, right? But they won't go out into a signing. But the, 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 it, I think it all can't – everybody's in the same boat, so nobody's got an edge over everybody else if they're all being kind of punished the same way. And I think that, like, you know – I mean, our ratings have gone up, so that means more people are watching me talk about the book. So that helps. Wow! Know? Speaking so, of re- speaking of ratings, you're you're like leading in both of your time slots, right? On the five and also the Greg Gutfeld show. Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. In fact, on Saturdays, generally, the we win the entire demo for the whole night. Like, so we beat <laughs> people at seven o'clock on CNN. Uh, there are times when we beat stuff on regular network and then um the five oh, has always been a monster i mean it's it's insane how and it, it, it pulls in primetime ratings at 5 p.m it's caused msnbc to completely revamp their lineup i don't know if you noticed that they they pushed uh what's the dude with the goatees they uh that guy from i can't think of his name it doesn't matter 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> exactly. Doesn't He's matter. gone. And they just they now they expanded the four o'clock to six o'clock just to just to fight the five, which is hilarious. You know, I, I I always like to give a shout out to the producers of the five. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I know you like sometimes will make fun of the staff and stuff just <laughs> just to have jokes. Yeah, but I I gotta say that is the best produced show. I mean, it just screams somebody's good at that, and, and well, it has to do with even how they put the personalities together. Yeah, like it's it's the chemistry. And and to reproduce that night after night is it's it's just really amazing work. I would say. I I just thought of the name Chuck Todd. But no, you're right about the producing. And and the five is hard because it's like it's not like you have one anchor. You know, you got to deal with five babies because every. No, I'm actually a baby. I don't think nobody else. I'm, I'm more <laughs> of a baby than probably most of them because of uh, I'm just more neurotic. But you have to deal with five different people, and uh, and you got to figure out which works and keep it light while having it serious. That kind of well, thing. Well, you, you've got the other thing that Fox does is that you have personalities. Like yeah. it, when you guys are fighting on the five, it, it feels like, oh my God, that's that's what real people would say right, <laughs> if they exactly. were in that chair. If nobody was watching, that's mm-hmm. what you'd say. But we're, but we're all watching, and yeah. so I, I've often said that what makes anything good in entertainment is a sense of danger. And, and it's there. It is there. You know, you, I don't know. I mean, you. I, I don't know if you watched it when I've got like, but I'll be shaking at some point. Like because because yeah. that means that that was completely improvised and it came out without it came out before I was done thinking you know <laughs> yeah and uh, and I gotta say as much as Juan you know gets like beat up by by the other co-hosts and as much as the the audience likes uh, making fun of him he's really perfect for that job like you got he, the the chemistry I mean because he's a good soul. Mm-hmm. And, and and obviously it's his job to represent a, a point of view, and uh, he does a great job of it. In terms of his how he fits with the group, it just couldn't be better. I mean, yeah, it's really... just the I can't wait to get back into the table scenario, and I and I hope I hope that soon because it, I, I I compare it to going from like playing a game of pickup basketball to going to a batting cage where everybody's in their mm-hmm. own batting cage, and so when you're when you're um, when you're asked a question, it's like you're taking your big swing and you're not yeah. really talking. And I, it, it, it kind of drives me a little crazy because I feel like we're in these separated little pods and it reduces the conversation. So I think that I, once we get back to normal, I think it's going to be great because it really hurts. In my opinion, it hurts the chemistry a little. Yeah, you know, I would say like probably 40 percent of what makes your show work, the five, is people talking over each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, then, then you add the satellite delay, and it just you're like, oh. it, 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 it's getting really hard to watch the live shows where mm-hmm. the the host and the interviewer are talking over each other because of the delay. Right. And you know, when, when I do Tucker's show, the one thing I, I promise myself is when Tucker says he doesn't have a delay, but yeah. when, Tuck, when Tucker says he introduces you, don't say, "Oh, glad, glad to be here," because <laughs> yes. he's going to talk over you. Like, exactly. Like I was really proud. I go. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be the only only guest he's ever had who's not going to talk over him. And I just sit there silently thinking, like, I'm a champion. Yeah. I'm no. It's it, it's so important because when you do the thing, like, thanks for having me. Somebody will stop and go. Will hear that and then come back and go. Well, uh, th- I'm glad you're here. And then they, and then the person might say thanks. And then it goes. It, 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 it can go on for. It can go on for like a minute. And it, it's just it dry. It, it just makes everything start off on a bad foot. And you just want it to end. <laughs> uh, all right. So I know you've got a lot a lot more to do today. Um, and, I've got uh, relatives in town, so I'm taking today off. I'm actually not going to be on the five because uh, my sister flew in during the uh, tropical storm. So I'm going to go uh, sh- uh, show her around town or what's left of New York, actually. And um, before before you go, the last question. Mm-hmm. This, this, yeah. is a, this will be a, a science, a science <laughs> question courtesy yes. of Jack Basabek. Mm-hmm. It goes like this. If you have w- more than one goose, it's a gaggle of geese. Right. If you, if you have more than one crow, it's a murder, murder. of crows. Right. What is it if you have more than one antifa? Um. Oh wow, that is a uh, oh geez, uh, a nursery. No, a riot. A, no, it's uh, a riot. That's good. That's good. <laughs> it's very good. All right. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Glad we got it together. Come and do my show soon. All right. We'll do. Love to. All right. Awesome. Take care. Bye bye.
All right. That was fun. Go out and buy the plus. Oh, I forgot to ask him where books are sold. But I think you can figure that out. You got your Google and all that, don't you? All right. Um, here's a question for you. On Twitter, you'll find lots of people arguing about whether President Trump did a good job or a bad job so far on the coronavirus. Has he, quote, botched it? As I was saying earlier, botched is one of those words that's really good. I'm going to start using botched to criticize other things because when you hear it, it just it almost closes down a debate. It's like, um, well, let's talk about what he did or didn't do. He botched it. Okay, but maybe we could dig in a little bit, see what decisions he made compared to what could have been done. He botched it. It's like, uh, it's it's just a total conversation stopper. But one of the questions I have is that when people uh, give me examples of other countries who they say did a good job tamping down the, the virus early, they give these examples. Uh, Indonesia, uh, South Korea, um, and what was the other one? Uh, South Korea, Taiwan. And I ask you this, are those comparable and is there anything that you notice about the, the ones that are doing well? Is there any commonality of the countries that did a good job early, or so it seems? And I would say yes. Oh, New Zealand is another one. All right, so, so see if you can find the pattern. New Zealand, South Korea, Taiwan, and was it Indonesia? What do they all have in common? Yeah, they're islands, or islandish. You know, uh, Indonesia is separated by water, but and and South Korea is effectively an island because it's only connected by the demilitarized zone to the rest of the the continent. So, if you're a small homogeneous population with strong central leadership, and you don't have many states. And you're not an international destination. Can we compare that? I mean, is it fair to say that the United States is comparable to those little small island, different cultures may have a completely different um, a different impression about, let's say, conformity. Let me ask you this. I wonder if I could get canceled for this, but I'll put it out there anyway. We're talking about culture not ethnicity. So that's that I'm hoping that keeps me from getting canceled. Culture. Is the South Korean culture of let's say doing what the government asks and other people expect, is that the same as in the United States? Because in the United States, if the if the central government said um, I'm going to sign an executive order, I'm the president, and the executive order says that all citizens must breathe oxygen every day. 30% of the country would be dead by lunch because they'd say, I'm not going to breathe no oxygen just because my government told me. I mean, is that the same in South Korea? In South Korea, do they say, if the government tells me to do it, I'm going to do the opposite? That's sort of unique to the American identity, isn't it? You know, if we're being honest, part of what has made America a successful country is that we are some, uh, how can I say it in the kindest possible way? <laughs> we are some, uh, let's say nonconformists. You know, there, there are a whole bunch of ways you could put a bad spin on this, but America, our, our greatest strength is that we're all different and those differences are allowed. You know, we, we, we allow uh, dissension. We allow rebellion. We, we idolize people who go rogue, you know. So if you have a country that's really big, it's an international destination, it's got, you know, a bunch of states, governors who also have power under our system, you're, you know, you can't easily just stop all travel, uh, you know, on the ground because you've got people coming in across the borders, etc. I just don't see how these are comparable. 
But uh, then somebody said, wait, you're saying the islands do well? What about Great Britain? To which I say, I think Great Britain is sort of the exception that proves the rule. So in other words, Great Britain, and I'm no international expert, but is it not true? Is it not true that Great Britain is an international hub? But they also started out with a different strategy from the rest of the world. So they've got two different strategies. They started with herd immunity. They turned to let's try to control it. So I'm not sure that you could compare that to anything. You know, I think at the end of this, we might be able to say that the herd immunity people, let's say Sweden, were better or worse than the rest of the country. But you have to wait till the end, don't you? Because what if we think that Great Britain did the worst possible job, but we don't get a vaccine in time to reach herd immunity, as bad as that will be? It could be that when you get to the end of the game, if you will, I don't want to call it a game because people say, stop calling it a game. I'm going to call it a game just for analogy purposes. There's nothing fun about it. But when you get to the end, is it possible that because Great Britain accepted more infections intentionally up front that they simply front-loaded their pain and those that tried to suppress it and suppress it but we never get a good vaccine, possibly, could it be that they've uh, back-loaded some of their pain? So would you be just looking at the front-loaders versus the back-loaders and you really haven't compared their strategies because you've got to wait till the end of the game, right? If... If you're rope-a-doping versus trying to punch your way to a victory, uh, you, you just got to wait till the end. You can't tell in the first round. Um, likewise, I would say that the people who believe you can compare countries, just in general, any, any two countries, I think they're missing a lot. Because can you sort out you know, uh, all of the variables that compare these two countries? Think about... Think about the number of uh, studies and data that you've seen recently. Let's just say the last year. Just pick the last year. How many times have you seen a study or an analysis that turned out to be wrong? How about every day? It's the most common thing in the world. So we know that studies in general and predictions and analyses and models, we've seen them all be wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. Now imagine how uncomplicated a lot of them have been. They're complicated. They're all complicated. But they're relatively uncomplicated compared to comparing two countries. Think about it. Try comparing any two countries. And, and it's, a, it's a dumb comparison in the first place. Because if you're trying to figure out if President Trump is a good leader, try this experiment. Here's a, here's a mental experiment. You know those countries you thought did a good job? South Korea, New Zealand. Let's take their leader, make that person the president of the United States during the pandemic. Now, how'd they do? Same? (laughs) No, not the same. Because leadership might be the least important variable in this whole damn thing. Because I've got a feeling that all of the leaders follow the experts. Now, the experts might have been a little different in each country. And also, there are some countries who had to do whatever they could do, just whatever they could do. They didn't have the same resources. Imagine, if you will, and I'm not going to predict this, but just imagine it. Imagine, if you will, that the countries who didn't have great resources said to themselves, well, we better try this hydroxychloroquine thing because we don't have you know, a lot of... Uh, ICUs and hospital capacity. It's a Hail Mary. We don't know if it works, but it's cheap. Let's try it. So suppose all the, all the poorer countries or let's say countries that were worried about their hospital capacity tried a certain medication, and we don't yet know if it worked. You think you do, but I think it's pretty unclear at this point. And what if that was the thing? What if the United States and some other countries were just sort of excluded from using that because the press had poisoned it so uh so anyway my point is there are so many variables in comparing a country that it can't be done and the moment that you think it can be done 
you've 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 fallen into a trap. It just isn't doable. Now, if you'd like to check that, only talk to somebody who's done this for a living. All right, talk to somebody who is actually an expert at analyzing things, and just ask this question: You expert at analyzing things, can you really compare countries? Now, and if you can, can you do it halfway through the pandemic when you know that they have different waves and different, you know? Uh, different strategies, or do you have to wait to the end? All right. <clears throat> On that point, uh, Joe Scarborough of Morning Joe tweeted this quote from Scott Gottlieb, MD, who was the, uh, what was he, the past head of the FDA in the past administration? Correct me if I'm wrong. He was in, he was in an administration prior. Uh, but he said all of the studies that are that were rigorously done have pointed in the same direction, talking about hydroxychloroquine. So all the studies that have been rigorously done, all of them, all of the studies that have been rigorously done have pointed in the same direction, that it doesn't work, hydroxychloroquine. I think at this point, he says, we can definitively say hydroxychloroquine doesn't work. I'm not sure what more we need to do. To which I tweeted back, it is also true, by the way, what he says is completely true. It is 100% true that all of the studies that were rigorously done shows it doesn't work. I think you all agree with that, right? All of the studies. It is also true that all of the studies that were rigorously done that show it don't work studied the wrong application of the drug. Right? It, aren't both of those true? I think... I think Dr. Gottlieb is 100% true in his statement that all of the rigorous studies show it doesn't work, but it is also true, I'm adding this part, that all of the rigorous studies studied the wrong thing. (laughs) Now, I'm still at 50% chance that this hydroxychloroquine is, is effective and works because I've never seen anything quite like this. I got to tell you, well, I probably don't have to tell you. you. You've observed this if you've been watching me for a while. Is it or is it not true that I'm generally confident to, let's say, overconfident all the way to being a jerk? I'm so confident about a lot of stuff. I mean, it doesn't matter the topic. I'm usually pretty confident in my opinion. On the hydroxychloroquine, I don't have anything like that. And it's really weird. Because I've never seen a situation in which I was so fascinated at how little at little advantage I have, either the let it works or it doesn't work. I'm right on the fence. I can see why the people who say it works are going in that direction. I can see why the people who say it doesn't work are saying it. And I don't know who's gonna be the winner when this when this is all done. Which fascinates me. Um Here's a, uh, I think CNN is trying to get the president killed. Um, Here's a headline that they ran. Trump signals he'll do anything in his power to win. And then you read the article. And do you think the article supports this headline? No. I don't even have to tell you what's in the article, but it doesn't support this headline. But it's the top left headline on the CNN homepage which means it's the one they want you to see. You put the top left one as the, the important one. And they're actually saying Trump signals he'll do anything in his power to win, meaning that, you know, breaking the law, apparently that's what they're suggesting. But then you read the article, there's nothing, there's nothing like that. There are just some things that he's suggesting, and it's, you know, like having an extra debate. <laughs> does, does suggesting an earlier an extra debate sound like doing anything in his power to win. Uh, Those sound different to me. Uh, Did you all watch the Sally Yates testimony that was boring and complicated? And here's what's uh, so diabolical about it. There are very few people in the public, and I'm certainly not one of them, uh, who can listen to something like the Sally Yates um, interview 
and know what she said wrong and know what maybe was a lie and know what is accurate. And thankfully, we have uh, Joel Pollack, who has all of, the, all of the qualifications to watch that and tell us where the lies are. So you should follow him on Twitter because he calls out the, um, I guess they would be lies or at least inaccuracies in uh, what she said compared to what we know to be true. Now, what's dangerous about the all this stuff is that it feels like the biggest thing in the world, right? That there was a, a coup against a legally elected president, and that the you know members of uh, the FBI, etc., were in on this coup, and and now it's been uncovered, and we know that it's a coup, and half of the country is acting like it didn't happen. Is this weird? And we're, we've come into this world where you could just act like something didn't happen. And I feel like at this point, the uh, you know they always they always say that Trump could choose somebody on Fifth Avenue and it would still be supported. But in a different way, uh, I, I think Joe Biden could actually die on camera, and and the people, the the Democrats would say he's fine. And it would turn into this Monty Python sketch about the dead parrot. And it would look exactly like that. And we would just be, we don't, what are we watching? Because we watched him die on camera. He's lying there. He's dead. And CNN would report, no, he isn't. No, he isn't. And their viewers would, would read CNN and they would say, oh, he's still alive. And they wouldn't see the clip of him dying. And they would never read Fox News, and they would literally vote for a dead guy because they didn't believe he was dead. I think we've reached the point where he could actually die on camera, and CNN could just say, that didn't happen. Sounds like a right-wing conspiracy to me. He took a nap. Sure, he took a nap. Everybody takes a nap. Oh, you haven't taken a nap. No, he's permanently dead. Sounds like a conspiracy. It's a crazy world. All right. Um, so one of the big issues is censorship. Uh, so not only has Twitter removed Twitter removed something because they say it was not uh, medically accurate uh, in terms of COVID nineteen. So it was the president's uh, campaign Twitter account. Coincidentally, the communications director for Twitter, he happens to be Kamala Harris's former press secretary. <laughs> uh, now, I don't think he makes these decisions. He's a communications director, not a decision maker of who gets banned or not. But uh, are, are you comfortable with the communications director for Twitter being Kamala Harris's former press secretary? <laughs> that should make you a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> But yet, but yet, if I can if I can give both sides of the story, there probably aren't that many people who are world class communications directors. So you know you can't you can't say he shouldn't have a job in private industry just because he was good at some other job. Uh, so I I don't uh, I would not support any restrictions on who could have any job just because of what job they had in the past. That would be inconsistent with anything I believe. But it's useful to know. Useful to know the connections. And here's what's interesting about it, though. Uh, The original tweet uh, violated Twitter's rules for misinformation, and I think what he said was, what Trump said that got him in trouble was, quote, the kids are, quote, almost immune to COVID-19. Now, it would not be true that kids have an immunity to it. It would be true that when they get it, it doesn't have that big of an impact on them. Now, because Trump is not a medical doctor, and as soon as he said almost immune, I believe he clarified what he meant to mean that it doesn't affect them as much when they get it. That's what I heard, but maybe I'm wrong on that. So here's the question. At what point does Twitter become your doctor and they get to decide what is accurate medical information? 
in a world in which experts disagree. Now, if experts did not disagree, I'd say, yeah, if they're all on the same side and Twitter sees somebody saying something the experts disagree with, why not? You know, you might want to flag it. It'd be better just to flag it and say the experts disagree. But almost immune is really just a choice of words. That one feels to me like something that a clarification banner should have been better. In other words, here's how I would have handled this if I were Twitter. If I were Twitter, I would pin a uh, like a, an alpha comment so that if you saw the story, you'd see very highlighted, you couldn't miss it whatsoever, the Twitter clarification. And the clarification would be, in this context, almost immune refers to the fact that they tend not to have medical complications when they contract it. And I would think that would be fair. I don't think the president would even argue with that, right? Because if you clarify what the president's saying, you're saying what he's saying, which also is compatible with, with science. Why would he disagree with that? So shutting it down until that tweet is deleted feels like feels a little political when it would be easier to handle it as information that needs to be clarified. Um, and then Facebook also took down something uh, what did Facebook take down? Facebook took down something for being uh, inaccurate, to which I say, how does anybody know what's accurate anymore? We have so left behind the world where anybody knows anything is accurate. I mean, any data, any study, any expert consensus, there isn't any of it that's reliable anymore. We, we've so left behind the world where you could just know what's true. All right. Uh, did you all see Joe Biden's uh, campaign ad in which he gets into a, an old Mustang, I guess, and he drives up and down his own driveway, I think? I don't know if that's his driveway, but it looks like some protected area there. Um, there were various reactions to it. I saw Mike Cernovich say that uh, it was an impressive ad. I don't know what words he used, but but he thought it was a good ad. Um and I had the opposite response because when I watch Joe Biden drive a car by himself, what thought do you have? Because the thought that I automatically have is we should take his car keys away. But yeah, because he only drove like literally in this protected, no other car area. It looked like somebody's driveway, but it was at the very least it was an enclosed area. So it's not like he was in traffic. And I really have to um, – well, let me ask you this. Oh, I'm sorry. It was a Corvette? Oh, it was an old Corvette. Yeah, you're right. Uh, uh, it was not a Mustang. It was an old Corvette. It was a pretty cool car. I liked the car. Um, but did any of you have the same feeling I did, which is it's a question of taking his keys away? Because I couldn't not think that. The whole time he was in the car, I thought, take his keys away. Take his keys away. Weren't you thinking that? So I, uh, so, so I don't see that that worked the way they wanted it to, but it's hard to know. Um, Jake Novak is a great source. If you're not following Jake Novak on Twitter, you should, because the explosions that you're seeing in Beirut, and now there's some more fires in Iran, and uh, I think in Iraq had some big fires recently, um, there may be a pattern here, if you know what I mean. And the pattern, as Jake Novak writes, uh, might be that we know where Iran is keeping their secret terrorist weapons. It looks like that. Because what it looks like is that somebody could be, who knows, could be Israel, could be somebody else. But it looks like somebody knows where Iran is keeping their bad stuff, and the bad stuff is going up in flames. So there, there must be something different happening in Iran compared to however long ago that we seem to know where their stuff is. So there could be an insider who has turned. That's speculation. Um, and if that's the case and maybe because Iran has already degraded, their economy is in bad shape because of sanctions and coronavirus, that maybe Iran is in such a weakened position right now 
that if we, if we meaning Israel, the United States, knows where all the uh, Hezbollah stocks of weapons are, etc., maybe they're just rolling them all up and just saying, well, by the end of the week, they're not going to have any more weapons depots. So it looks like that's what's happening, but it's hard to know. There was a raid at Jake Paul's house. Everybody's watching that. I don't know what to make of that. So there's going to be some crime that we haven't heard of that I think he will be alleged to have committed. There's some reports about taxes. They wouldn't raid his house for that. There's pictures of them taking away uh, weapons. I don't think they would have raided his house just for that. So I think I feel like there's more to this story. We'll figure it out later. Um, and... Let's see if I've covered all of my fascinating points. So Biden's not going to go to Wisconsin to accept the nomination. I don't know where he'll be in his basement. Uh, The president has said maybe he'll do his uh, thing from the White House and that, of course, people will complain because he's at the White House. I think he'll probably have to back back down from using the White House just because you don't don't use the White House for campaigning. but I would love to see that also use the drive-in theater concept, meaning that people all over the country, this is not my idea, I talked about this before, could just go to a drive-in and um, you know, watch the show from the drive-in, at least they're with other, with other people who want to watch it at the same time. Um, let's talk about these cheaper, faster tests. Uh, apparently there are a number of companies developing cheap tests that are you know, just a few bucks, and we'll give you a result in minutes as opposed to waiting days. You could do it yourself. You don't even have to ask anybody else. You just have your own little test kit, like a home pregnancy kit. Nobody knows if you're pregnant if you do a home pregnancy kit, right? You're the only one who knows. Likewise, these tests, you'd be the only one who knows unless you want somebody to tell you. Now, the exception would be if you're being tested by your your company or something, then they would know. But, of course, they need to know. And so the, uh, the question is this. What needs to be changed um, so that these can work? And it looks like there are two changes that I understand. These are, these are from uh, David Boxenhorn, who's, uh, who pointed me to a video by Michael Mina, who's an expert in this field. And it looks like that the only thing stopping these cheap tests which, by the way, the difference between the cheap ones and the expensive ones is that the expensive ones uh, are really good at detecting a lot of stuff that's too late. (laughs) The cheap ones are not as sensitive, so they might miss somebody who just got the virus and they don't have much of a viral load. But because they're fast and cheap and you can use them anywhere you want, your odds of finding somebody when it matters are way higher. So if you hear less sensitive tests and your mind has translated that into less useful, it's the reverse. It's the fact that you can do it cheap and quickly and it gets most, it gets most of the big ones, not every one. That is the thing that can change the nature of the, the curve. Because if you've got enough people testing, you get all the big ones, the obvious ones, you cut the rate of transmission enough that probably gets it under control. So there seem to be two, as I understand it. And by the way, uh, at this point, I'm still in the learning phase. So you should take everything I say on this topic as a little bit of, well, let's you know get some confirmation about this. I want to make sure. So I wouldn't give 100% certainty to anything I say on this topic or any other, really. But there seem to be two changes. Uh, one... Uh, And let's call these over-the-counter tests because that's a better phrase. It's easier to conceptualize that these cheap tests would be over-the-counter versus clinical setting, medical setting. And uh, the sensitivity requirements for these tests are the same as the diagnostic tests. So right now the FDA has the same requirement for how how accurate they are. I shouldn't say accurate. How sensitive they are. And they're comparing these cheap over-the-counter type tests to the ones that you do in more of a clinical medical setting. And it's just the wrong standard 
in this situation. Now, in a normal situation, why would the FDA ever approve anything that is less good at detecting than whatever, whatever we know we could get to? Under normal conditions, this would be a perfectly good standard from the FDA. This is not a normal situation. This is a situation where being fast and sloppy gets it done better. Fast and sloppy. Now, sloppy just means a little less sensitive. But fast and sloppy, over-the-counter, solves a pandemic. This is not like any other situation. And, and the FDA needs to be looking at that rule for an exception. I don't know if there's an executive order that can change that. That may not be a thing. But if there is, that's what I'd be looking at. And the other requirement that the FDA has, so there are two things that need to change in order for these cheap over-the-counter tests to be a, uh, a big uh, tool. The other is the FDA requires reporting of test results. Now, I don't know the details of that, but who in the world is going to buy an over-the-counter cheap test and then do what? Report on it? You know, who, who's, who's reporting? So why would, he, why would he even need a reporting requirement? It doesn't even make any sense for this particular application. So there are two FDA rules that I think probably make perfect sense for most situations. It's just that it doesn't make sense for this one. And this is what you need a President Trump for. Now, again, I'm not 100% sure that I know this topic well enough. But I'm 100% sure that if we haven't exhausted this, that we're probably you know, not doing everything we can to find out what we can do. So we should at the very least exhaust this topic and find out if it's real, if it can make a difference, if indeed just these two little tweaks to the FDA for just this special case could be a thing. Um, I think that needs to be very close to the top of the task force's uh, uh, priorities. All right. I believe that is just about what I wanted to talk about today. And I thank you for tuning in, and I will see you tomorrow.